Yeah. This is an ABC podcast. Hey, workmates. I'm Claire Hooper and this is The Pineapple Project, the podcast that makes you better at work. And we are learning so much good stuff that we can't fit it into all the regular episodes. So this is a bonus, a sweet little juicy slice. Mmm, pineapple. We'll be dropping a few of these throughout the season with quick hacks and explainers that just cut straight to the good stuff. Like, how do you actually run a good meeting? Because as anyone who's ever been in one knows, meetings can be the actual worst. We've just had a whole episode on how to make your work life more productive and then along comes a meeting to ruin it all. Stay with me though, because when you approach meetings properly, they can make you shine like a productivity diamond. So what are the tips to becoming a master of meetings? Donna McGeorge has them. I booked a meeting with her to find out everything she knows. Donna, I think this is the important first question. Is it possible to enjoy a meeting? Yes, it's possible to enjoy a meeting, but I reckon you've got to work at it a bit. I mean, we need meetings. It's, it's a fact of life for anyone that, that works. So what we need to do is make sure that we eliminate those meetings that are pointless and just a waste of time. If you're asking yourself questions like, why am I here? What are we talking about? Who is that? Is there an agenda? Then you're probably in a bad meeting. All right. So why do people hate meetings so much? Well, I reckon there's probably five good reasons why. One is that people are late. Poor punctuality. You know, that's a lack of respect for other people's time. Or there's no point. They're wondering why they're there. So they they don't really know the reason for the meeting, which is related to the next one, which is no agenda. And so one of the pet peeves is that people don't usually understand why the meeting's happening. And that can also lead to the next one, which is hijackers, where people hijack the time with their own agenda or take it on a tangent. And before we know it, the meeting's over and we haven't talked about what we needed to talk about. And finally, using phones or laptops, so not being fully present in the meeting and and allowing technology to be a distraction. Yeah, that's really... Oh! <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I, uh, my phone's meant to be on silent, but I'm just gonna. It's um, just gonna get it. It's my husband. Hold on. Sorry. Um, he left his sunglasses in the car, and I took the car this morning. <laughs> He's got prescription sunglasses, so he needs them. Where Where were we? Uh, we were talking about uh, distraction and using phones and technology in meetings. You brought that back on track very nicely, Donna. Mm, thank you. Okay, so I guess we can turn around all of those pet peeves to say what makes a good meeting. Mm -hmm. But what makes a good meeting? Just a clear purpose? Yes, I actually reckon purpose trumps agenda. I say answer the simple question. By the end of this meeting, what do you want to have had happen? So if purpose is better than agenda, you still need a purposeful agenda, don't you? Absolutely. In fact, a lot of the research from a neuroscience perspective says that people crave certainty and so what we want to do is, is let people know what's going to happen. They'll feel more comfortable and relaxed in the meeting and you're more likely to get a, a better result. And so an agenda doesn't have to be like right down to every two or three minutes we're going to change topic. It simply could be these are the questions that are going to be raised or here's the information that we need you to bring. So people feel that they're coming prepared, uh, they know what to expect and, and they can um, really have given some thought to what they need to contribute. And then what about that other big one, punctuality? How do you, oh but how do you make people turn up on time? 
Well, you can't unless you begin to get a reputation for it. So one of the places that I worked at, where punctuality was a nightmare for just about everyone, except there was one particular senior leader that if you knew you were having a meeting with him, you got there right on time and he was like he would get there on time and he would leave on time and he was really strict. Because everyone knew that, they did that. So they're capable of being punctual. So I think you um, have to make it clear, like if you're a manager or a leader, you make it clear that punctuality is important. Right. Just keep setting the example. But also just yeah, become notorious for it. Agreed. And another manager that I worked with, he used to lock the door and put a sign outside that said the ship has sailed. And so if you well, that's weren't... very Navy, isn't I know, it? I know, right? And so if you weren't in the room, uh, the door would be locked and, you know, he'd have people knocking on the door saying, let me in, but he'd be just like tapping his hand <gasps> saying, too late. Yeah. Which is delightful for the people inside. It is, even if it's only one person. So that, that... <laughs> Just him, you mean? Indeed. But the reputation got around quickly that if you weren't there on time, the door would be locked. So I think initially it starts to be around rules. What ground rules do you set? And it's a, it's a, I totally reckon it's around what do you allow. So if you allow lateness to become the norm, then it becomes the norm. Do you think it's also important to set a finish time or is that an unrealistic expectation? It's important to set a finish time relative to what you want to achieve. Sure. Yeah. Don't say, this will only be 10 minutes and then require 45. But it never is. Like someone walks up to you in the office and says, hey, have you got a minute? It's never a minute. (laughs) No, it's not. And so in a 25-minute meeting, for example, you would be very clear that you might only cover two or three items or questions in that time. Okay, your book is called The 25-Minute Meeting, so you've obviously decided 25 is the good length. What, what's so good about 25 minutes? I wish that it was just me that decided yeah, that. Right. But um, it's The 25 Minutes came about through mostly through the work of a, a guy called Francesco Cirillo who wrote a book called The Pomodoro Method, which is about... Is that um, potato? Tomato. Okay. But you say potato... You say tomato. I say pomodoro, actually. There you go. Now you do. (laughs) He did a whole bunch of research around what's the optimal amount of time that people can focus on one thing at work. And he found that it was 25 minutes. And so I then had a look at at that, then some, a whole bunch of other studies. and, And it seems 25 minutes is a pretty consistent number that people can be focused, get stuff done before they start to feel distracted and, and need to, you know, put their energy elsewhere. Too often we just accept meeting invitations or set up meetings without really thinking about it. We're kind of operating out of default. So I'd love it if everyone was more conscious or purposeful about why they were having meetings or why they were attending meetings. So if you're invited to a meeting or you're setting up a meeting, really be clear about why this meeting is happening and who are the right people to help us achieve our purpose. So if you're not running the meeting, how do you bring about good meeting practices? First of all, you decide you're going to, and I reckon it's about how you facilitate the meeting. So if it's starting to waffle a bit, start to ask some more pointed questions. If you feel like it's going off track, you know, can we bring it back? If you feel like there's no outcomes happening, ask people quite specifically, what are we going to do as a result of this meeting? What's next? What's our next steps? What's our actions? So just... Ask the right questions, get it back on track. Uh, yep. What are the world's great bosses doing when it comes to running a good meeting? So Elon Musk, for example, he's a stickler for preparation. So if you don't show up prepared to contribute, he'll nearly kick you out of a meeting. Steve Jobs and Barack Obama always loved doing their meetings walking around. 
So there's lots of cool things that people do to a to walking make a meeting. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I've done them myself. Yeah, they're yeah. cool. Yeah, so often a meeting is, if it's particularly between two people, you and I are having a conversation about something, we don't have to be sitting inside and around a table. We could go grab a cup of coffee and walk around the block or get some fresh air. And given that a lot of our workplaces are so sedentary in nature, what a cool thing to do is go for a walk to have the meeting. I've done it a lot. Okay, that would make a better meeting and that would make a better interview. Let's take this outside, Donna. All right. All right, here's what I'm interested in. You just said some people aren't meant to be there and sometimes you find yourself there and you're like, well, that clearly wasn't necessary to this meeting. Is, is it okay to say, no, you don't need me when you hear about the meeting? Absolutely. It's actually okay to say, why specifically do you need me there? So that's a great question to ask first, just to Ooh. double check because maybe it hasn't been clear. So what specifically do you want me to do there? It what? sounds a bit passive aggressive. Well, I suppose it all depends on how you say it. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, so how true. about this? So why do you need me there? You know, maybe that's yeah. a bit better. <laughs> and so we want to understand what, I, for me, it's around what value do you want me to give and what value do, do you think I'm going to get from, from being there? Because you've got to be very careful. Some people just invite you to be a spectator at a meeting as opposed to being a contributor to a meeting. That's ridiculous. What a waste of your time. Correct. Like just, yeah, that's right. Just send me a one-line email afterwards. I was fantastic. You should have been there. That's all you need, right? <laughs> Totally. So um, I think I've touched on this before. If you're not running the meetings, what control do you have over whether it's a good meeting or not? Is that, What can you do? Not a lot, but I did see, a, you know, a colleague of mine once was in that situation and she just decided to simply start asking questions to facilitate a bit of a process. And so as, a, as she could feel like the meeting was going nowhere, she just said, stop, can we just do a quick whip around the table? Just what's your current position on this? And just started to, you know, just kind of take it, not control, but just ask some questions. Um, what a sweet power move. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else can you do? Volunteer to take notes? Look, you could. One of the things, bits of advice I give is just decide that it's going to be 25 minutes <laughs> and do what you need to do to make that happen. So if it starts to be waffly, interrupt, or if it looks like we're not going to get action items, take notes. Can it's... you fake an appointment? I mean, can you say, uh, just, just up top, I just want to let everyone know I have to be gone at 11.25. Yeah, I call that the hard stop. So yeah. you just announce when you walk in, hey, everyone, i got a hard stop at 12. Ooh, hard stop. Yeah, I know, right? That sounds like it's really serious. Could be lunch, but they don't need yeah. to know that. <laughs> um, all right, so here's one for you. Is there a... We're going to keep walking. Look at this. I can't... We've never made anyone do this before. Um, all right, so is there a best time for a meeting? Uh, well... Yes and no. Um, okay. The more important the meeting, the earlier in the day it should happen. Oh. So if it's a really important meeting, if it's going to require you to use a lot of your brain power, you'll get better results if you do it before 12, mostly because your brain is like a battery and by the end of the day it starts to run out and things like decision fatigue kick in. Yes. Yeah, and so, yeah, morning better. Is there something to be said, though, for not making it 9am because of what it does to people's early productivity? You know, they've got their own tasks that they want to tick off the minute they hit their office. It, it simply depends on how important it is. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's a high-impact situation, then actually 9 in the morning is the perfect time. Everyone's fresh, ready to go, their brains are on fire. But does that just mean that if, if you're scheduling the meeting for after 12, it means it's not very important, so don't even have it! <laughs> do the meeting. That's an email. That's an email if you're scheduling it after 12. I always think about, is it a high impact and how intense do I need to be in that? And so intensity is how much brain power am I going to use? Mm -hmm. So when it's really important to me and I need to be on, I make sure that it happens in the morning. For everyone else, if you need to talk to me about something and it's not that important, fine, we'll do it in the afternoon. No problem. 
Um, gets you puffed walking and talking, doesn't it? Indeed. Still, my brain's working better. So, I'm going to pin you down on this. Politely declining a meeting yep. that you know you're not necessary for or that you're not available for, initially you might say, so why specifically do I need to be there? But then their answer is unsatisfactory. What do you do? Um, I just say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I've got... Oh. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, I, I wish I had something more... Um, profound. Indeed. But, some, I'm, but I'm, I'm actually not about profound. It's right, keep it simple. It's just, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't make that meeting. All right. Um, great. We're going to sit down now. Um, how do you be the person who runs a good meeting? Here's my top tips for running a meeting. Show up on time yourself. And on time doesn't mean if a meeting's starting at nine, you get there at nine. Be there five minutes early so you can get organised what you need to get organised. Ask yourself before the meeting, what is it that I really want to get out of this? So the best question to ask is, by the end of this meeting, I'll be happy if, so that you really understand the point of the meeting. Send questions or purpose of the meeting out at least 24 hours before the meeting so that everyone has a chance to think about um, their contribution and, and prepare accordingly. Ban technology. Leave phones off or out, outside the door altogether and say, you know, don't bring laptops in. If you're using a 25-minute meeting, for example, surely people can go 25 minutes without having to make a phone call or send an email. And manage diversions. So if, if you get a hijacker in the meeting that is taking things off track, gently remind them by simply saying, look, you know, great point, Bob. I'm wondering if we can take that offline. Today what I really want to cover off is this and just bring people gently back to the reason and, and the agenda or purpose for the meeting. One of the things that I really think is important in meetings is to take action points and agreements that people have made. And it's super simple. You can either jump up to a whiteboard and grab a marker pen and just jot down what people have said or take notes in your notebook. And again, this is when you're allowed to use technology. Take a photo of it and you can immediately distribute it to people very easily so that everyone's clear about what was discussed, what was agreed and what their actions were. Well, this uh, has been wonderful. I'd appreciate it if you turn your phone on silent next time too, Donna. <laughs> Donna McGeorge. Donna's the author of the 25-minute meeting. Now, at Better Hustle, it's time to meet my work wife. <laughs> Who's that player? Mm. Walking down the hall. Oh, she's carrying a folder. Oh, I'm going to give her a call. Yeah. Work wife or husband? Because it's not a gendered term, guys. That's the way I like to work it. Yeah. Wife. Oh, hey, work wife. It's time for our meeting, but don't worry. I'll keep it to 25 minutes. Uh, don't you think that's a bit long to be standing around in here? This is where we always meet. You've just followed me into the toilets. Yes. Your voice sounds so good in here. It amplifies it. Now, funny you should mention amplification. Let me tell you about an amazing thing that Obama's female staff used to do in meetings. They noticed they were, well, how do I put this? Oh, yes, being ignored by their male colleagues. So they introduced a technique they called amplification. When a woman made a key point in a meeting, other women in the room would repeat it and acknowledge where the idea had come from. That meant their male colleagues couldn't take credit for their ideas. Pass me a paper towel. I don't know if everyone heard Virginia's great suggestion, but she's proposed that I pass her a paper towel. Great amplification. There you go. Uh, I'll let you put that in the bin for me as well. Meeting adjourned. But we still have 24 of our 25 minutes left. Ah, oh, she packs a lot into one minute. Thanks, work wife. Yeah. 
Well, that was a delicious, juicy slice of information. The Real Deal, The Full Pineapple, will be back soon with more episodes, so book a meeting in your diary to listen. Be punctual, all right? I will be. Phone use is encouraged in this meeting, so take yours and subscribe to The Pineapple Project wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can just hear it in the ABC Listen app. And if there's someone in your life who complains about work a lot, send them our way. Share this podcast with them, tell them about it, get them off your own back. I'm Claire Hooper, this is The Pineapple Project, and together we're making work just a little bit sweeter. Next time on The Pineapple Project, you've switched on your growth mindset and taken back the productivity reins from a world that seems determined to ambush your attention and distract you. Now it's time to take this fresh, more streamlined and effective version of you and introduce it to the world. That old saying just rings true here. When, when you need a relationship, it's too late to build one. So why should you network? How do you become good at it? And what are the extremes people have gone to to find their tribe and grow their circle? Like a stage five career bunny boiler, I would trawl LinkedIn and I'd usually had a few wines just to help with the confidence levels. We know networking can make you feel icky. Here's how to use it to make your work life better without throwing up in your mouth. That's next on The Pineapple Project. This is a production of ABC Audio Studios.